Welcome back to the programme. Now, there was a story in the paper earlier this week. Uh, for the first time in Europe, I believe, a case is being brought against Facebook by someone who had been working for the social media giant as a so-called content moderator, alleging that some of the material they were having to trawl through was causing serious psychological effects. Well, I'm joined in studio now by Elaine Burke, Managing Editor of Silicon Republic. Uh, Essentially, how does being a content moderator work? Um, So it's a case of uh, if you uh, are someone who's online and you might see a post that you think is offensive or uh, the content is too graphic or inappropriate. Uh, There's usually something that you can click, like a little menu button that you can then flag that content as inappropriate. Um, What that will do is trigger a system of events where um, possibly that content is uh, flagged for review and there's an element of automation in that where a a computer will try and assess the content. Um, But in, in, in some cases, there will be a human being behind the moderation of that content, that they will have to review that content, see if it kind of uh, fits uh, with a policy that's against certain types of content which might relate to nudity which might relate to violence or extremism or um, even child abuse imagery or uh, non-consensual sharing of intimate images there's there's a lot of things that this this touches upon in terms of content because there's a lot of types of content that are posted online It sounds grim It's not like it it doesn't sound appealing to me at all I I, I think like a a lot of uh, these people that do this job they're kind of seen as these like silent heroes of the internet they're trying to tidy up what is the worst content that's out there on the internet The internet sometimes marvellous fantastic brings out the worst in us humans I think what it does is essentially the internet is humans online uh, and it holds a mirror up to to society and it has the best of us and it also has the worst of us and and, and that's the case of those, those people then that are charged with trying to moderate the worst of us. Right. A lot of that is done in kind of third world countries, is that correct? That's not specifically true. There is uh, content moderation uh, groups working out of uh, the Philippines. Um, I think Indonesia also has groups working there. But there are also people based in Ireland, people based in the US, people based in the UK. Um, I think Portugal has a base as well. So they could be all over the world. And the reason for that is actually because you do need people with localised knowledge because what's deemed offensive or inappropriate in one culture society might not be deemed so much in another one. Absolutely, yes. I mean, a load of bikini-clad women in the south of France wouldn't go down terribly well in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and uh, as well as those cultural differences, you want someone with kind of uh, knowledge of language use and kind of the nuances of language because the way something is phrased might be um, flagged. Uh, there, there's something in internet world of content moderation called the Scunthor problem where a string of characters can be identified as having uh, offensive language in there but really you're just naming a town. Um with this Gunther problem, you can you can identify the, what's, what's yeah. hidden in there. Uh, so computers can't necessarily identify just based on language because what's the context of that language and the way something is being said. And sometimes, sometimes, uh, say some horrific imagery might be shared in the context of uh, documenting historical events uh, because there are horrific images from history that are out there, and some yeah. of them have won prizes uh, for journalism and things like that. So right. a computer can't necessarily tell that this is. Uh, art or this is history or this is offensive content. So a person is essentially an editor. You're using judgment as well. It's not just artificial intelligence. 
yeah, like it, it does need a human being behind it. Like it is definitely necessary to right. have people. Now, Mark Zuckerberg announced that his company were they were going to double their workforce in this area. That was in 2017. Mm-hmm. That was more to do with politics, wasn't it? Um, well, there has been a huge drive and that's the thing about content moderation touches on so many things and politics is a huge part of it at the moment because there are a lot of major elections about to take place and there are issues that arose uh, in the context of the 2016 US presidential election. Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. Also uh, the idea of kind of uh, Russian content firms also kind of pushing certain ideologies on people, targeted advertising and marketing. And that's a whole other area as well. When you talk about... Um, content on social media platforms you're not just talking about broadcasting uh, one piece of content to everyone on that platform what you can do now because of the tools that are available to you you can create a very specific type of content for a very specific type of people Well doesn't that have its own problems within it if you take these people that engage with child porn like if they're all in a group nobody's going to complain because that's what they're into yeah, and in terms of child abuse imagery, um, that's where kind of things like the algorithms and things like that that have been put in place that are trying to scan images that might um, have inappropriate use of images like that involved in them. They can be very effective, I think, um, in terms of those cases you're, you're talking about a huge percentage, probably upwards of 90% on Facebook anyway, according to their transparency report, can be flagged before a user has flagged them. They're not always depending on users to flag inappropriate content. Sometimes they're scanning the the digital data behind an image to try and find if it could be something inappropriate beforehand. Right. I mean, the grave question, and I presume the argument will go on and on and on in every country, is what's the difference between a platform and publishing? That's the big question. So essentially, uh, like in my job, I would have to be very careful about things that we publish online because we're responsible for what we publish and we can be held accountable for it. Uh, a lot of social media platforms are dealing in what's called user generated content. And this is the scale of this is massive. So Facebook uh, has about probably over 300 million posts per day. So that to even give one second to every single post on Facebook would be that would be a month's work. And that's posted. Uh, sorry, that's 300 posts in a minute, 300 million posts in a minute. So Hundred million in a minute. In a minute. So if if you look at Facebook's recent transparency report, in terms of just looking at violence and graphic content, uh, they've said that maybe twenty five posts per ten thousand would have been flagged as violent, violent graphic content. That's an estimation from their own facts yeah. and figures. But if they're doing over three hundred million posts per minute, that means that there's about eight thousand two hundred and fifty posts in that grouping per minute that could need to be flagged for violent or graphic content. And they have about 15,000 people working in content moderation and that's not all frontline staff. So you're roughly thinking about two posts per minute per person to be evaluated there. But that's kind of like a very general look at the figures. It's probably deeper than that. But they have, they did genuinely double their content moderators. They had about 7,000 mid-2018. Now they have 15,000. Okay. In some ways, it's like a monster that has been created that that is unstoppable. But anyway, listen, I want to thank you very, very much for coming in. Elaine Berkman, Managing Editor of Silicon Republic. And at that note, we will pause for the Angelus.